What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. For today's episode, I run through the details of the Buffalo Bills' new $1.4 billion stadium, including what it looks like, who's paying for it, and the chances that we soon see a Super Bowl in Buffalo. This is a fascinating topic, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. But before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. Whoop is a 24-7 personalized fitness wearable that's here to help you improve your recovery, sleep, fitness, and health. It's the one tech product that I wear 24-7. Here's how it works. Each day when you get up, Whoop gives you a recovery score based on your sleep, resting heart rate, respiratory rate, and heart rate variability. Your score lets you know how to approach your day, whether you should push yourself during your workout or activity, or if you should skip the gym and take a rest day. You wear your Whoop on your wrist, bicep, or now within one of their new smart clothing garments called Whoop Body. The band connects with an app on your phone, and it automatically measures your heart rate, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. The band also automatically detects and classifies your workouts, so there's never an issue in forgetting to press go on a run anymore. You can then analyze your activity levels in the app. There's also a ton of coaching features within it like Strain Coach, which gives you target workout exertion goals tailored to your body's recovery level for that day. Those goals change over the course of the day, depending on how active you've been. That coaching is where Whoop really shines. Whether you're interested in how CBD or alcohol impacts your sleep and recovery, or you're just wondering how long of a run you should go on, Whoop is there to provide you with personalized data to make sure you're aware of the impact these decisions have on your body. And Whoop is now offering 15% off their new Whoop 4.0 right now with the code Joe at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P dot com and enter Joe, J-O-E, at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is 8Sleep. 8Sleep has dramatically improved my daily performance. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer and nature's best medicine. Consistent good sleep can help reduce the likelihood of serious health issues, yet still more than 30% of Americans struggle with sleep and temperature is one of the main causes of poor sleep. For me, I was never able to get a good sleep because I was always too hot, but now I'm falling asleep in record time, faster than I have ever before, all thanks to my 8Sleep Pod Pro Cover. The Pod Pro Cover by 8Sleep is the most advanced solution on the market for thermoregulation. It pairs dynamic cooling and heating with biometric tracking. You can add the cover to any mattress and start sleeping as cool as 55 degrees Fahrenheit or as hot as 110 degrees Fahrenheit. The temperature of the cover will adjust each side of the bed based on your sleep stages, biometrics, and bedroom temperature, reacting intelligently to create the optimal sleeping environment. The result? 8Sleep users fall asleep up to 32% faster, reduce sleep interruptions by 40%, and get overall more restful sleep. The Pod Pro covered by 8Sleep is so popular that it has garnered attention from CEOs, high performers such as Olympic gold medalist Red Gerard, and top CrossFit athletes, including the 2021 fittest man on earth, Justin Medoras, and UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou. They're all powered by 8Sleep to make the most of their workouts and recovery. Remember, good sleep is the ultimate game changer. So go to 8sleep.com Joe to check out the Pod Pro cover and save $150 at checkout. 8Sleep ships to the USA, Canada, and the UK. Next up is FTX. I'm sure you've heard of them by now, whether it's because of their partnerships with the Miami Heat, Golden State Warriors, the MLB, or Formula One. Whatever it may be, it's obvious that FTX is dominating the crypto conversation in sports. FTX US is a safe, regulated way to buy Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. 
Plus, you can trade crypto with up to 85% lower fees than any other exchange on the market. You can even buy NFTs on the FTX app from top ETH and Solana collections without getting hit with fees. Simply put, FTX gets it, and they want to make crypto exposure accessible, easy, and secure. Download the FTX app on your smartphone today and use code JOEPOMP, J-O-E-P-O-M-P, for a discount on trading fees and start building your portfolio in less than three minutes. It's literally that easy. All right, let's get into this episode. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. What's up, everyone? So most of you probably have seen the news by now, but in case you haven't, the Buffalo Bills are getting a new $1.4 billion stadium. It's going to be located in Orchard Park. It's actually right across the street from their current stadium. And it's going to be an open air structure with a grass field. So no dome. So today I want to talk a little bit about kind of what the stadium is going to be looking like, who's going to build the stadium, and then the financing of the actual stadium. This is a super hot topic. I tweeted about it the other day, and the tweet has like 15 million impressions right now. People are arguing back and forth about whether the government should fund these projects, whether they shouldn't. So today we're going to talk a little bit about the numbers behind these types of deals. But first, let's start with what the actual stadium looks like. So the stadium the Bills currently have right now is very old. The owners, the Pagulas, have been trying to get a new stadium for a long period of time. They even recently threatened to move the team. So this is a tactic that a lot of owners have used in the past across the NFL, across the NBA, across the MLB, all over sports. And what they do is they threaten to move the team unless they get government funding for their new stadium, arena, etc. So the Bills went through that process. They threatened to move to Austin, Texas. They threatened to move a couple other places. But ultimately, it looks like they will end up getting their side of the deal done, and the government will fund part of the project. So the stadium that they're going to build is going to have 60,000 to 62,000 seats, and they'll be able to hold about 5,000 more spectators on what they're calling like a standing room-only party deck. I don't know if that's going to be open during the winter when the wind's smashing around, but for now, 60 to 62,000 fans. And the reason why that's significant is because they're actually reducing the capacity. Their current stadium holds 72,000 people right now. So about 10 to 12,000 less seats than their current stadium holds. And along with that, obviously, they're going to be building more luxury boxes and what they claim is a larger concourse for people to walk around on. So this has been a trend across the NFL and other leagues where the stadiums are actually getting smaller from a seating capacity and they're building out larger luxury boxes because those sell for a premium and they're able to make much more money on those. So the stadium is going to be slightly smaller. And they have actually already released renderings. There's going to be no roof, but there's like an extended roof. And they claim that it will cover about 80% of the seats. But it's not a dome. It does not cover the entire arena. Wind still gets in. Snow can get in. Rain can get in. But they've hired the highly regarded architectural firm, Populous, to build the stadium project. And they have entered into a 30-year lease that reportedly includes a penalty that would require the team to pay back the entire cost of the stadium if it were to move. And payback, they would be paying back the state of New York and the county of Erie County. So Populous is a massive architectural firm. They've built many projects across the NFL. They built Gillette Stadium in New England. They built M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. They built Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. And they built State Farm Stadium in Arizona. Now, Gillette Stadium is actually the most recent one to open, and that opened up two decades ago in 2002. But they've been busy in Europe building stadiums over there. So they built Tottenham Stadium in London, and that is one of the most beautiful stadiums in the world. If you guys haven't seen that stadium, I would Google image it right after this because it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stadium. 
And Populous has gotten a really good reputation because of their ability to build these stadiums. So the announcement and the renderings got a lot of comments. People were jumping around on Twitter. They're saying, how could you not build this stadium with a dome? If people remember correctly, the Buffalo Bills played in a playoff game at home this past year against the New England Patriots. It was their first full capacity home playoff game in more than 25 years. They made the playoffs the year before and hosted a game, but they weren't at full capacity because of COVID. So the first full capacity game in 25 years in the playoffs at home in Buffalo. And there were thousands of unsold tickets literally right before the game. Hours before the game, they still had thousands of unsold tickets. I believe it was like three, four, or 5,000 tickets hadn't been sold yet because it was cold as hell. It was single digit temperature. And with the wind chill, it felt like minus 15 degrees at kickoff. So I think people are a little curious about, hey, if you're going to be raising or financing a $1.4 billion stadium, why would you not make it a dome? You're up in Western New York. It gets really cold. The wind chill is obviously a problem. Snow is a problem. And people do not want to necessarily attend games when it feels like it's minus 15 degrees out. So I think that's part of it for sure that people are a little bit frustrated with. But I think the other part is the financing. So financing stadiums is a massive debate across the NFL. For those of you that don't know, this is a trend that has been going on for decades at this point. The NFL has this game that they play where they continuously try to foster new stadiums by convincing local governments. Obviously, the team owner contributes some amount of money in some case. The NFL has a fund where they loan money out of with repayment through different things like tickets and whatnot. But this is how they get new stadiums put up. They constantly want new stadiums being created. One, because it obviously increases the value of all the assets within the league and the league itself. And to do that, what they promise is a Super Bowl. So if you build a new stadium, the promise essentially is by the NFL that we will come and we will give you guys a Super Bowl. So there was a Super Bowl in Atlanta. There was a Super Bowl at MetLife. There was a Super Bowl at AT&T Stadium in Dallas. There was a Super Bowl in Minneapolis for the Vikings new stadium. There was obviously a Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium in LA this past year. Las Vegas is going to get a Super Bowl. All these teams get Super Bowls because they go build these nice multi-billion dollar stadiums. So Buffalo is no different. I haven't heard word yet that the NFL has actually promised them a Super Bowl, but I wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, it's going to be slightly difficult. The game at MetLife wasn't perfect for a Super Bowl because it was outdoor. And this is going to be in Western New York. So it's going to be even more inclement weather probably when it comes February for Super Bowl time. So keep your eyes out for if they're actually able to get a Super Bowl. But from a financing perspective, I think people were shocked at kind of the total numbers that were thrown out here. So to clarify, the stadium is going to cost $1.4 billion in total to construct. And $850 million of that is coming via public financing. So about 60% of the total is going to be taxpayer money. And then $350 million of it is going to be owner financing. So the Pagulias, who actually own the Buffalo Bills, they're worth about 6 to $7 billion, depending on kind of where you look online, Bloomberg, Forbes, et cetera. They're going to be paying $350 million, so 25% of the total. And then another $200 million is going to come via a loan from the NFL. So 15% from the NFL. 60% public financing, 25% from the owners, and 15% from the NFL. And when it comes to public financing, it's broken out in two different categories. So $850 million is the total taxpayer amount. $600 million of that is coming from New York State. And then $250 million of that is coming from Erie County, where the stadium actually is and where the team plays. So there's a few details here. And shout out to the Buffalo News, who, who has been working on this story for months. And they actually released a, a fantastic article. I tweeted it out when the news broke. So if you want to go find it, just go look on Twitter and the link is there. And they broke down the details of each one of these. So I'm just going to read verbatim what they wrote. The public will provide $850 million to fund construction pending approval by New York and Erie County lawmakers, which is, end quote, far less than anyone else anticipated, Governor Kathy Hochul said. 
referring to frequent speculation that taxpayers could spend $1 billion or more, reflecting a percentage of costs in line with other recent small market stadium projects. Ongoing maintenance and capital costs will add nearly $13 million a year. New York is slated to contribute $600 million, and Erie County is going to contribute $250 million. Second bullet point. The NFL will provide a $200 million loan to Bills owners Kim and Terry Pagula, following a vote of league owners at their annual meeting Monday at the Breakers Resort in South Florida. Up to $150 million of the loan is forgivable, repaid through the visiting team's share of Bills ticket revenue over 25 years, according to the terms of the league's G4 loan program, which helps fund stadium construction renovations. And lastly, team owners Kim and Terry Pagula are contributing at least $350 million towards stadium construction plus the $50 million they will have to reimburse the league. A portion of those funds will come from the sale of about 50,000 PSLs, personal seat licenses, to all season ticket holders, beginning at around $1,000 a piece. The Pagulas are also responsible for any escalation in costs to construct the stadium. That's something that Hockle said, a detail that was quite significant. So for those of you that are keeping score at home, just to summarize real quick, there's three bullet points there. The first was that Taxpayers are paying $850 million. $600 million of that is coming from the state via their budget, and $250 million of that is coming from the county where the team actually plays. So $850 million in total. $200 million is coming from the NFL. It's actually a loan, so they're not just saying, hey, go take this money. But $150 million of it is forgivable, and it's repaid through the visiting team's share of Bill's tickets over a 25-year term. So $150 million is forgivable. $50 million of it is going to be owed or paid back by the owners, Kim and Terry Bagula, on top of the $350 million that they are contributing. They're obviously going to go out and sell PSLs for the new stadium. As mentioned, there's about 50,000 PSLs available. Even if they sold every single one of them at the lowest possible price of $1,000, that would be $50 million. So they'd be able to pay the NFL back right there. Obviously, some of them go for much higher than $1,000, maybe $5,000, maybe $10,000. It just kind of depends on where the seats are in the stadium and all of that. So they'll be able to pay a significant chunk back via just the PSLs. So I think there's a few interesting points here. And one of the things that I hate is like people get so bombastic in their reviews of this. People just start getting super emotional and they say the government spending is is stupid. It's obviously a sensitive topic, both politically, but intellectually, I think. And the Buffalo Bills, they don't mess around their fans when it comes to their team. So they argue back and forth and, and people get super upset when you take one side over the other. And I think the majority of people would argue at this point that government spending on stadiums is stupid. I think there's just much more nuance to this. I tend to agree that I lean towards the side of, hey, this is not what we should be doing. But I think there's a lot of nuance here that people don't think about or don't know about maybe. So for instance, I think the reason why people get so upset is for a few different reasons. And one of them is look at Buffalo in general. Buffalo, the city, is the third poorest city in the United States. The median annual income is $23,316. That's 28% lower than the national average of $31,133. The poverty rate in Buffalo has hovered around 30% for two decades straight, and more than four in 10 children currently live below the poverty line. So they have a unemployment percentage that is nearly double the national average. Their poverty rate is nearly double the national average. And it is obviously an issue, income inequality is an issue within Buffalo and in and around Buffalo. Now, to be clear, Orchard Park is technically right outside of Buffalo. I believe it's maybe a few minutes, 15, 20 minutes south. So near Buffalo, not necessarily in Buffalo, but they're the Buffalo Bills, clearly. But I think it is fair to ask if committing $850 million in public financing to an NFL stadium for a team that is currently owned by a couple 
a family that is worth over $6 billion. Is that the best use of state and county funds? The answer to that, in my opinion, and I think in most people's opinion, is probably not. I think that there are enough studies that have been conducted by now that show that using government funds for the building of a stadium is not a wise decision financially. Now, there's this economic argument that claims that the stadium construction creates jobs, the stadium itself creates jobs, all the events create jobs, and there is an influx of tax revenue by people attending the games. But there are thousands of studies at this point that say the evidence that that is true is non-existent. This is not true. The evidence points to the contrary, actually. And I think that this argument falls apart in two different ways. One, you have to remember that economic impact is different than tax revenue. And then two, there's budget constraints for local residents. So let's start with point number one, that economic impact is different than tax revenue. If you look at the Super Bowl, you go to the Super Bowl, a visitor may spend $3,000 in expenses, tickets, hotel, food, et cetera. But in reality, that only equates to $300 of tax revenue, which might be used to cover public expenses for the event. You got to pay for security. You got to pay for traffic control, all of that kind of stuff. These consumers have a relatively inflexible leisure budget too, right? So when you attend an NFL game, that typically means that you're spending less elsewhere. If you're a family that lives in Buffalo and you have a budget that you live on, right? You get paid the same amount of salary. You do the same things every week or every month. And you have this budget that you work out in your head or on paper. You have that budget. You cannot just go spend additional money that you do not have. So if you were going to an NFL game, you maybe don't go to the movies. Maybe you don't go out to dinner one more time with your family, right? So local businesses, the idea, will lose a roughly equal amount of their spending if you're going to the football games. So in reality, if you take those two things as fact, there are really two ways that state and local governments can increase tax revenue to fund these stadiums. You have to increase the purchases in activities with higher tax rates, so things that have higher tax rates than normal. Those are hotels and rental cars. Or you have to increase the amount of out-of-town visitors, which subsequently can accomplish point number one also. But the problem is that, especially in a city like Buffalo, there's not a bunch of out-of-town people that are coming in to see games. If you look up the data on this, it is insurmountable that there are less out-of-town visitors in places like Buffalo than if you take a city like Los Angeles, if you take a city like New York, if you take a city like Chicago. So that argument gets a little weak when you start to think about how many people are actually coming in, flying in from out of town or driving in from out of town to go and visit and attend games in Buffalo. Because that's really the only way that you're creating an additional amount of revenue that's able to fund these stadiums. So I get it, right? The answer to that question, in my opinion, is like, no, most of the time, these do not make financial sense. But I would argue also that there's a completely different side of the equation. So let's look at New York's proposed budget. It's $216 billion budget. It's a massive, massive, massive budget. There are a million different line items in there about what people are spending money on. So if you look at the budget relative to what is being spent on the stadium, $850 million is being spent on the stadium. That is less than 0.4% of the budget is going to the stadium. Right. So even if you took all 850 and said, that's all coming from the state, Erie County, we don't care about you. This is all coming from the state of New York, 850 million. It still represents 0.4% of the state's proposed budget. So I think that's, that's fair, right? It's obviously a small part of the overall business that they run. Now, clearly there are many people that are not benefiting from the stadium. I lived in New York for six or seven years. I never went to a Buffalo Bills game. People on Long Island, a lot of them do not go to Buffalo Bills games. They're people that live next to the stadium and don't care about the team probably, right? So they don't go to games. Ultimately, there are only a fraction of residents in New York that are benefiting from this project. Everyone is funding it via their taxes though, and a million other projects also. So I think that it's important to note, right, that this is a lease. The state is going to receive revenue from this. One, two, 
They said that they will create 10,000 construction jobs via this project. There was a detailed projection sheet released, but I, I haven't been able to get a hold of it. But essentially, yeah, they, they claim that 10,000 construction jobs will be created because of the stadium. And they will see a bunch of revenue from the actual tickets, right? So they're going to increase taxes in the stadium. They are going to receive a percentage of all the sales. And they think that they'll be able to make this back within the 20 to 25 year range. So again, this is not just necessarily a handout. They're not just giving money, $850 million to the bills and saying, hey, go run with this. We don't care what you do with it. There's a lease. There's penalties if they break that lease. There's penalties financially if they go over construction costs. The state has literally said, we will not pay for it. And the, the state, similar to what the NFL is doing with their loan, is attempting to get some of this money back. Now, with that said, I do not think that it's necessarily appropriate for someone who's worth six to seven billion dollars to have their privately owned franchise that has appreciated dramatically in value. Everyone knows all professional sports teams, especially the NFL have appreciated hundreds of percents over the last decade in value. And that is directly going to their pockets. The state, the residents aren't seeing that. It's not like the taxpayers are getting equity in the franchise by giving them this money. But ultimately, I think the thing that most people forget is there's only 32 NFL teams, right? And this is the price you have to pay if you want your team in a small market city. Los Angeles, they're not going to be paying for new stadiums, right? SoFi Stadium just got built $5 billion. No one's paying for that. They're not committing billions of dollars to that stadium. It's Los Angeles. Those teams want to be there. It's a major, major, major market. So again, if you want an NFL team or an MLB team or an NBA team, and you're in a smaller city, this is the price you have to pay because the bills have become a cornerstone of Buffalo and they would leave. I don't know if, if the owners really want to leave, right? But they could. And I think that that argument is not necessarily genuine or serious in a lot of cases, but ultimately it's the truth is that if Buffalo does not pay the money, they will go find somewhere that does. And the reason why that's possible is because there's only 32 NFL teams, right? And there are more than 32 cities that would love to have an NFL team and their taxpayers are willing to pay for an NFL team. And the politicians are willing to recruit an NFL team because maybe the taxpayers want it and it looked good on them. So it's an argument that has nuance to it. Unfortunately, unless you're in a venue or a medium like this where you can actually communicate those nuances, I think a lot of people forget that they exist and they just look at it and say, taxpayer money, building NFL stadium, pro sports, bad, billionaire, bad. And I think that there's nuance to it on both sides, right? Buffalo could obviously use the funds for a lot of other things when it comes to their poverty level, their national income relative to the average and so forth. So I think that there are a few different ways to look at this, but ultimately this is something that I believe is only going to continue. I think these numbers are going to get bigger and bigger. We've seen what's happening with inflation here. The cost to complete this project. I think when Buffalo first announced that they were trying to do this and they got an estimate done, the cost has already risen by like $100 million just based off inflation alone. The construction company came back and said, hey, look, inflation happened. We have to pay more for these supplies. We have to pay more for the workers. We have to pay more for all this stuff. It's actually $100 million higher now. So every week, every month, every year that they wait and inflation continues to rise, they actually have to pay more for this stuff. So in an essence, it would have been better to just get this done a year ago, but ultimately that's just not what happened and we'll see how it plays out. The budget still has to get passed, but the governor doesn't think that this will be a problem. I don't necessarily either. I think that what we'll find is Buffalo will start construction. They only have a couple of years left on their stadium now, so they'll have to find a way to extend that lease until the new stadium is ready. But ultimately, I believe that the new stadium is supposed to be ready in 2026. So whether it's 2026, 2027, before the end of this decade, I think we will see the Buffalo Bills be playing in a new stadium. I'm sure some of the residents up there wish that it was a dome or indoors, but ultimately they're going to get an outdoor stadium. 
And it's going to be a beautiful one. I'm sure that Roger Goodell and the rest of the leaders at the NFL are super excited about this, that they were able to convince another county, another state to publicly fund an NFL stadium, regardless of if their taxpayers wanted it or not. It looks like it's going to get done. And again, I would expect that these numbers are only going to get bigger. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Palm Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.